Hello, and welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach, and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. And my mission is to help women with polycystic ovary syndrome find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com because there I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as well. Now let's get started. Did you know that disordered eating is very common among women with PCOS? Actually, women with PCOS are at much higher risk for disordered eating patterns. And that was something that I really struggled with when I was in the midst of my PCOS um, struggles in, uh, in my 20s. And you know, I share about um, you know, my issues with, with binge eating and compulsive eating often on PCOS Diva. And today, I really wanted to connect with an emotional eating expert um, and somebody that could really give us some tips for those who, like me, um, struggled and continue to struggle with emotional eating and, um, you know, binge eating, especially, I think, it, it derives from a place of feeling um, not enough or perfectionism or just blood sugar levels being out of control. So I would love to welcome Stephanie Doyer. She is a clinical nutritionist and emotional eating expert, and she is the author of the Crave Cure Program. So welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast, Stephanie. Hello, Amy, and everybody listening right now. It's a pleasure for me to be here. So, I, you know, I would love for you to share a little bit about your health journey because I, I think most of us in this sort of um, online, you know, expert space all have a story and a journey, and, and that's kind of how we lead is from that story. So please share that with us. Absolutely. So my, my journey with my relationship to food actually began at the age of 11, when my family moved from one end of town to the other, and it ended up, ended up, sorry, in this neighborhood with absolutely no friends. Like, literally, I was alone all the time. And I turned to food and cooking, because although I was very young, I loved cooking. My mom was teaching me how to cook. And to food, to fill up that loneliness I was feeling inside of me. I didn't know I was lonely. All I knew is I didn't feel good. And cooking and eating made me feel better. So I was on my first diet by the age of 14. I got dropped off at Weight Watcher, and on my own, I went began my first diet. And so you fast forward a multitude of diets later at 36 years old, still not understanding what was going on with my relationship to food, thinking my body was failing me. I was 300-plus pounds at that time. I was very anxious. I smoked a pack a day. I ended up at McDonald's almost every single day to eat, then exercise, overwork, highly uh, positioned in the corporate world, so a lot of stress, ended up in the hospital. So 36, I think my hand, my life's going to end, and the doctor are announcing me that it's actually what I thought to be a heart attack was actually anxiety, um, panic attack to be more specific. 
and I was put in front of a choice. I was told that the only way out was medication, antidepressant and anti-anxiety medication that I likely would have to take for the rest of my life and or continuing and not be able to function. So I didn't believe that for some odd reason, like what I call a Yoda moment came up <laughs> upon me and I decided to not take the medication. And like I was certain that there was another solution. I didn't know what it was. And then my journey began in trying to, A, lose weight, because that's what most women want to do first is lose weight, which I did. Uh, changed my food, hired somebody to help me, and then I lost weight, but I was still having a lot of craving, still binge eating, still using food as something that was a punishment to myself. And then that's when my journey began in understanding food craving, relationship to food, binge eating, and that's what I do today. So I literally quit my job, went back to school, and now I'm working with women just like you and me, helping women who struggle, in my case, with their weight and their relationship to food. Yeah, and, and I, I, it is it very much mirrors my journey with PCOS, feeling like there's got to be another way besides these pharmaceuticals mm -hmm. that, you know, you'd have to be on for the rest of your life. Like, that just seemed crazy to me. Um, exactly. And, and so I, I say to my, to my followers, to the people that I work with, like, I'm a big experiment on two legs. Yes. <laughs> right? Like, I try everything, and, and I see what works and what doesn't work. And by having the pleasure of working with women, I get to see maybe it works with me, what doesn't work with other people. And I realize that there's a lot of individuality yes. in the way we approach PCOS or relationship to food. So I, I have a feeling you felt a little bit like me. You know, you were the successful corporate woman, you know, yes. on the outside, right? And, um, you know, before I, I became a stay-at-home mom, but before I had kids, I was very successful in the corporate world, too. You know, I was mm -hmm. always that type A personality. I was a straight-A student, athlete, you know, constantly trying to be, the be you know, the best version of me. Um, and but I could not understand why this smart, intelligent woman could not, you know, control the amount of Chips Ahoy cookies that she ate. You know, I'd just go through the whole sleeve of them, um, and then just feel awful about myself. And why was it that I just couldn't get that part of me together? I totally hear you. Shame, yes, guilt, like, like for me, I'm at that point. I'm already in the nutrition world, and then. The, the whole model of calorie counting doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And the food restriction is getting like to the level where I have nothing left to eat because I believe that everything is a problem in the food that I eat. Little did I know it's actually the emotion mm -hmm. that I carry around that's causing me to have those problems. And I'm curled up on my couch thinking that I'm all alone that I shouldn't be like that, there's something wrong with my body. And then what happened, and this is the whole guilt of binge eating, right? You feel shame, yes. you feel guilt, and then you don't like this emotion. The same way you run away from stress by eating chips, or chip boy cookie in your case. <laughs> um, when, you, when you binge, you get, oh my God, what did I just do? Guilt, shame. And then you don't like these emotions the same way you didn't like stress. You're like, Ugh, I want to get rid of this, so you binge again, mm -hmm. thinking that that's going to make you feel better. And then just, just this vicious circle of overeating and binge eating. And the whole reason we do that, girls, 
is because we don't want to feel the emotion that are behind it. Mm, yeah. And you're so, that emotion down. Exactly, because we don't know what to do with this anger, jealousy, stress. We don't know what to do with it. And the what we have in our brain pattern when we're emotional eating, binge eating, overeater is food makes us feel better. Even if it's for a short amount of time, we feel better. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing we know. That's the only tool we have to feel better. The problem is it's only a short time. It's not root solving the issue, which I'm sure you talk with your crowd all the time, right? We've got to get to the root of PCOS. The same thing with emotional eating. We have to get to understand what's causing us to not want to feel those emotions and learning tools to cope with those emotions. Mm. Does that make sense? yeah, Yeah, it absolutely does. And and I would love it if you could kind of get into some of those tools that, that helped you. Um, and I know we're all, like you said, I, I say we're all bio-individuals. Um, mm. and, and certainly with PCOS, it's this syndrome, and it affects every woman different. So I don't want to say that it's this one-size-fits-all approach, but maybe some of the tools that you see work kind of across the board for your clients, um, because there there definitely are some over overlying arching sort of um, tips and tricks is certainly in PCOS. Absolutely. And I would say for your crowd, for the people that have PCOS, the number one trigger for craving is actually blood sugar. Mm -hmm. So the unstable blood sugar will cause the PCOS syndrome and symptoms, but another consequence will be those sugar craving and this desire to have carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. So the number one across the board and the number one, the, actually the number second step in any of my protocol is always food. Yeah. It's stabilizing blood sugar by using real food, not by counting calories or macros, simply by eating a lots of vegetables, a certain amount of fruits, protein, healthy fat, and that in itself will remove in the course of two to three weeks your quote-unquote sugar craving. You know, I like to say that no amount of willpower is ever going to help you move beyond, uh, you know, poor blood sugar regulation. No. Mm -hmm. Because willpower, it's actually something that it's not true. I I interviewed on my podcast Susan Pearson, which is a Mm -hmm. PhD in food psychology, and literally it's scientifically demonstrated that willpower is not a real tool that we have. It's something that we believe we have, and that's why we ran out of it. What we need is actually to create the emotion and the desire to sustain us from a long period of time. And the same thing goes with blood sugar. If literally your body is calling for carbohydrate because it just crashed, because you had too much three hours prior, there's nothing you can do to get away from that because literally your body is in survival mode. It needs the sugar to survive. And I, and I hope that everybody heard that because it has nothing to do with you and how good you are no. or how worthy you are. It's just a physiological state that you really can't control um, in, in terms of you can't control those cravings when you are low blood sugar or you've just, you know, binged on the Chips Ahoy cookies and now, <laughs> you know, your, your body's craving more sugar. Um, yeah, because you just crash. Right. 
Right. So, so it means nothing about you. Right. Mm -hmm. And for that matter, any binge period, any overeating period, any sugar craving means nothing about you as a human being. Yes. It means that your body is imbalanced. So when I teach about craving, the number one thing I teach people is your craving or a message from your body. Mm -hmm. That it is a physical message like low blood sugar, that it is an emotional message like you're jealous or you're angry and you don't know how to cope with that. Mm -hmm. It's a message. Your craving or a message from your body to let you know that something is in balance. Now, your work is not to judge it. Your work is to be the investigator and understand what is in balance in my body mm -hmm. by learning to understand what it is. Okay. And then, um, you know, where do we go from there? We're, we're eating better. We're eating more whole foods. Yeah. And, you know, the, the PCOS Diva lifestyle is really all about, um, and my diet, my meal plans, are really mm -hmm. about keeping your blood sugar balance. Yeah, because that's the root of PCOS, right? So let's imagine you're there, you're eating the way Amy has taught you how to eat, you eat well, and you still experience episodes of craving or emotional eating. Number one, here's a quick stat for you. 43% of women use food to alter their emotion beyond blood sugar issue. Mm. So you are not alone. Literally almost 50% of us have had a pattern in our life, likely being very young like me, where we learn through experience that when we eat food, we feel better. So now when we don't feel good, we require more food. So what do we do? So I have something called the Crave Cure Formula. And it's literally, uh, it's a one page and it's four steps that will allow you to pause your craving, observe it, and intuitively figure out why you're craving. So it's very simple. So when you have a craving next time and you already have balanced blood sugar, you eat the PCOS Diva way, what you're going to do is you're going to step away from the food, like literally step away from the kitchen, step away from wherever you are where there's food you're craving, step away and find a place, an environment, a space where you can be with yourself for about five to ten minutes. So I say to people, if you're at work and all of a sudden you are working and all you can think about is chocolate, literally go into the bathroom at work. Go into your bedroom at home. Uh, go outside, sit on the deck, and, like, close your eyes, sit, and start breathing in and out by the nose. Now, for those who practice yoga, you will recognize yogic breathing, and there's a very, very scientific reason why we breathe in and out by the nose, because it literally activates part of your brain that will get you from a fight or flight or stress um, environment in your body to a more relaxed, rest, or digest uh, part of your body. You will get to that place of more relaxation, and then you will scan your body up and down, trying to figure out where your craving is sitting. Because literally, when you start doing this experience, you will find that your craving is actually tension in your body. Mm. Interesting, mm -hmm. right? Very. Because emotion, again, scientifically, have been demonstrated to be energy in your body. 
Like when we feel certain emotion, that it is happiness or anger, either one of the scale, it's actually physical tension in our body. So by scanning up and down from the head down to your arms, down to your um, rib cages, your hips, your leg, you will observe tension in your body. And by simply breathing in and out where that tension resides, the emotion will literally melt away. Mm. And just Often, yeah. when you're stressed, Amy, where do you feel the tension in your body? Oh, uh, gosh, I get, I get shoulder. Exactly. Shoulder and right under my, my shoulder blades. <laughs> right, the whole trap, the top yeah. of your shoulder, the shoulder blade. Right, if you're, if you're at work, you will feel your, sh- your shoulder rounding. That's the emotion of stress for the majority of people. It's the shoulder and upper body. And often we will curve our body. So by simply being conscious of that, relaxing and helping that emotion move in our body, guess what's going to happen to the craving? It's going to go away. Eight out of ten times when my client, my followers, follow this formula, gives themselves five or ten minutes of attention, they get out of that place of being self-conscious and taking care of themselves with no craving. That's such a gem of advice. And, you know, I, I think that uh, something else that I tell women is that you can have whatever you want anytime you want it, but you need to choose in the moment. Like I think, and, and I think if you mm-hmm. tell yourself, okay, I'm going to go back to the Chips Ahoy cookie again. Mm-hmm. I can have that Chips Ahoy cookie, but first I need to do this exercise. And then if I still want it, I give myself full permission to have it after I've done the exercise. And it it just diffuses everything. I think your ego does not want to be denied. (laughs) And The more you fight it, it, the more it's going to be there. (laughs) Right, right. So if you just allow with the, um, the caveat that, you know, you have to go through your little protocol first. Well, all you're doing, remember I said earlier that our craving are a message from our body. Mm-hmm. It's like a little toddler, like pulling at your pants saying, hey, 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 I'm here, I'm here, right? That's what your cravings are. What happens to a child when you give it the attention it wants? It comes down. Your craving are exactly the same way. All your body wants in the case of emotional craving is to pay attention that you're stressed right now. You need to chill. You're angry, and you need to get rid of that anger. You're jealous. You don't need to be jealous. Whatever the situation may be, and the best way to do that is to actually be with this emotion, observe it, and then it's going to go away because it did what it wanted, which is to pay attention. And I think we're so afraid of our emotions. I yes. think we're we're so afraid to feel those emotions, and I think – um, it's because, and I'm going to go back to the toddler situation, toddler, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've, I have three kids, so I've been there. <laughs> and if, yep. you, if you observe a toddler's temper tantrum, there's sort of a buildup and a climax because you cannot maintain <laughs> that intense emotion for a very long period of time. At some point it has to subside. 
So I think if you can sit with your feeling, knowing that even if you're afraid of it, it's going to subside. You know, there's going to be this peak, and then it's going to trail away and dissolve, as you sort of said. So if you just kind of lean into it rather than be afraid of it, knowing that it's not going to be as intense as you think it is. Um, We call that a wave system. Oh, gosh, there's a name to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call that a waste. So when I teach people about emotional eating, I literally show them a beach wave. Mm -hmm. So the emotion that you're trying to numb is going to peak and you're going to think, oh, my God, I can't deal with this. But if you pay attention to it, the waves will roll into the beach and disappear Mm. until the next wave comes in. Because one of the things we can't deny is life, the human experience is a series of emotion. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to stop. But you will have learned to cope with it and realize that it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. That the beach will roll onto, the, the wave will re- roll onto the beach, sorry, and it will end until the next one comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really would, would challenge um, divas listening to, to give this technique a try mm-hmm. um, and see you know, if that if it can be helpful for you, um, it's definitely worthwhile. I think something else that has helped me with my sort of binge eating is I found that I had this pattern of doing it at nighttime, you know, yeah. when the kids went to bed and I just needed some comfort. And I realized that it was more self-care. It was like my way of treating myself at the end of the day. So I've really experimented with kind of the intermittent fasting from – If I have a good dinner with enough, I mean, I need a carbohydrate at dinner or else my blood sugar tanks at Mm -hmm. 1 o'clock in the morning. So if I've had a good hearty sort of meal, I can go from after dinner till breakfast the next day without eating anything. And, you know, I'll just make myself a nice cup of tea or, um, you know, I call it an evening elixir with almond milk and spices. Mm -hmm. And that's still, you know, kind of a treat. But I really have given up the food, and, and it's forced me to find other ways to take care of myself in the evening. You're totally right, because the number one complaint from women is nighttime eating, snacking, binging, all mm-hmm. the same thing. Um, and really what we're craving, again, message from our body, is not the food. It's the attention to self through what we call self-care. Mm-hmm. And it could be like I'm holding a bottle of essential oil in my hand. It could be as simple as diffusing some oil, reading a book instead of being on a TV. The TV is one of the, in my experience, the, the thing that activates the most craving. Mm-hmm. Because we're not, when we, we're numbing out in front of the TV, we're literally shutting our brain off and we're letting the TV get us away from ourselves. So I bet you, if for the people listening, if you were to simply read a book, go for a walk, relax outside of the TV, your nighttime snacking will likely strongly diminish, if not go away. Yeah, another great because, it, yeah, bath, another hot bath, right? Yeah, great way of like of nourishing yourself without actually using food. Yeah, and adding some Epsom salt in there for some yeah. magnesium. Because I think, um, you know, and, and you know, Stephanie, a lot of cravings are because our bodies are nutrient deficient. Maybe you could talk Absolutely. about that for, you know, we have a little time left. 
Absolutely. So, so there's many causes. So blood sugar, emotional eating, nutritional deficiency, meaning that you don't, example, eat enough color, enough vegetable, magnesium being one of them, your body will ignite craving to go get those nutrition. Your body will signal you that you need to go get food. Another one is poor digestion or digestive imbalance or microbiome. I don't know if you talk about that, Amy, but Mm -hmm. the whole microbiome imbalances can actually cause us to crave food. If we have not enough of the good bacteria and too much of the bad guys, the bad guys actually crave sugar. So some of your craving, lady, could actually be because you need to take care of your microbiome. You need to eat more fiber. You need to eat more fermented vegetable, drink some kombucha, and reduce the amount of sugar coming in that actually feeds the bad bacteria. Yeah, I think if you, a lot of times um, that sweetness um, mm-hmm. Kind of the opposite of sweet is sour, <laughs> yes. and I find if I have a sugar craving, if I have, which is very medicinal for PCOS, by the way, especially if you have acne. But a couple forkfuls of sauerkraut, mm-hmm. it kills that, it. It kills it. It'll do it. You know, do it for me. So, um, so yeah. So there's many, many reasons why we can crave. The thing is, we often will start with sugar, right? Because most people know that sugar will cause craving. And then we stop there. We don't realize that there's other reason why we're craving, and we go back to that cycle of punishment because something is broken with us. So I invite the listener to, like, further discover what else your body is trying to tell you with your craving instead of, like, beating yourself up because of it. So tell us how your programs can kind of help listeners dive a little deeper into their cravings. So I've got a a program, a project coming on right now. So it's a passion of mine. The same way PCOS is for you, you've created this amazing platform for women with PCOS. My platform is called Going Beyond the Food. And understanding what health is causing you to crave or to have an unbalanced relationship to food. So it's called Going Beyond the Food Project. And it's going to be an online conference from November 1st to the 8th, 2017, if you're listening that at any other time. Um, and it's going to be totally free. And we're going to have every day three to four speakers that will each drill down in one reason why you have craving or challenge with food. That will range from functional medicine doctor talking about gut health to hormone to um, psychiatrists talking about eating disorder for people who experience that to people who deal with emotion and energy. So I'm gathering the top health and wellness expert in the field of craving to teach women or men in general that there's other reason why we crave and solution with that. So I'm inviting you for you to come and join me November 1st to the 8th. And we will have a link to uh, the conference in our show notes. Yeah, and one more thing I forgot to say that's very different than other online conferences you may have been exposed to. I actually have a track of case study and inspirational story. So women out there who have gone through the challenges of weight and craving and they have overcome and are thriving by applying the going beyond the food principle. Yeah, and those are so powerful. I, gosh, yes. I, lo- I love reading the success stories. Um, and just, you know, the, the, um, 
the victories <laughs> are so inspiring. And that's what I invite people to do is to follow us. It's a revolution. Like literally, I'm, I don't want to say angry because anger is not a good emotion, but I'm very upset with the weight loss industry and the fitness industry because it, for close to 40 years, led me in the wrong direction and literally made me hate myself because I thought something was wrong with me. And I want to change that. I want women to understand what I now know and what I'm talking about here to remove that guilt and that shame that we have because of our body. Yes, it does include body image, but it goes further than that. It's actually understanding and taking responsibility for ourselves and stopping this weight loss and fitness industry from leading us in the wrong direction. Well, you know, uh, thank you so much for the work that you do because – we, the world needs it. There's so many yes. of us that have struggled and need a fresh perspective on this yes. topic. So and, please come in and join us. Yeah, yeah, and thank you. And we will also um, be linking to your website because you have a great blog and a podcast and lots of good free tools for women um, struggling with emotional eating and, and eating and disorder eating. Yeah, the podcast is very easy to find going beyond the food. So I'm going with the same thematic everywhere. Okay. Well, thank you, Stephanie. It's just it's really been a pleasure having you on the show. Anytime, Amy. Thank you for welcoming me in your world. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you might be listening to the show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review. I read them all and love to hear from you. And if you think of somebody else that might benefit from this podcast, please take a minute to share it with her so she can benefit from it, too. Don't forget to sign up for my free newsletter. It goes out every Thursday. And I um, look forward to being with you again very soon. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.